Good morning. My name is Trin Kutir, and I am an eighth grader at Central Valley Christian School. This summer, I was able to go to summer camp at Hume Lake. In my cabin, we had eight boys and our counselor, Johnny Jones. Our speaker for the week was Brian Holland. He was a great speaker. One main theme throughout the week was learning how to be a better follower of Jesus. One night, Brian told us a story about when he used to play follow the leader with some of his friends in fourth grade. After they would choose the leader, he would always go and sit down on a bench and watch instead of going and following the leader like the rest of the kids. One day, one of the kids playing with him asked why he would always go and sit down after they would choose a leader instead of following the leader like the rest of him. He responded to his friend by saying that he follows the leader in his mind. Brian said that that's how most people follow God. People say they follow him when really they aren't. We have to give everything to the Lord and go and make disciples, whatever the cost. One night, he talked about Jesus in the garden and his crucifixion. He said that when Jesus was in the garden, he actually sweat blood. He thought that he sweat blood not because of the crucifixion, but because of when he took on all of our sins and went to hell. I never knew it was possible to sweat blood, and it really showed me how painful it really was and that Jesus did that for me. One morning for chapel, we had a talk with the guy in the lead council. He talked about identity and not acting different ways at different places. He said that when he was at church, he acted one way, and when he was at school, he acted another way. It really challenged me to think about my life, to see if I was acting the way God would want me to act wherever I went. While I learned a lot spiritually, I had a ton of fun with my friends throughout the week. We played so much soccer, which was really fun. We did paintball and got tons of welts. We also played in the Ark and went to Sandy Cove and played in the lake. We got to see Callista bravely get blobbed and fly super high. We had so much fun. One verse that I would like to leave you with is Mark 8, 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Thank you. Hello, my name is Calista Measure, and I am a seventh grader here at Grace. My experience at summer camp was amazing, life-changing, and just fun. At camp, the theme verse was Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The main question at camp was, what does it mean to follow Christ? Jesus is only worth following when we realize who he is. That's how powerful God truly is. The speaker, Brian, told us not to be a part of the crowd, and all of you know what a challenge that can be. At this age, you want to be a part of the crowd, and you don't want to be that one person. But when you have the prompting of the Holy Spirit, even if you don't want to, stand up, get over it, and just do it. You do want to be that one person, that one person that's sitting with that one kid that's all by himself. You do want to be that one person that's making, that's making sure everyone has someone to play with or just to talk to. It doesn't matter if other people think you're weird. You need to live a life worthy of the calling. You just stand away from the crowd and say goodbye. Also, our speaker dug deeper into the crucifixion of Jesus and how much pain he went through for something he didn't even do. He did it for us. He washed away our sins, bore the way of our salvation. Even though we are sinners, we are not to worry because the cross in Jesus makes us worth it. During camp discussions in our cabin, we would do something called high, low, and buffalo. This was probably the highlight of our cabin time for a lot of people in our clapping, including me. Well, that and group discussions. 
Anyways, when you're doing high-low buffalo, it's your high, your low, and your buffalo. And for those of you who don't know, buffalo is when you say your weird or funny thing of the day, something someone said that was just weird or funny. For example, almost all girls doing Albert Einstein on my hair would be a major buffalo, or here's another, trying to stay up during the all-nighter until 6 a.m. just for a milkshake, which I didn't make anyways. This year was my first year at Hume Camp, and it was an experience that changed me growing in my relationship with Jesus and building lasting memories with friends. Now that we are back down the hill, it's time to apply what we learned there into our actual lives and live the truth. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Jared Irvine, pastor of junior high. And man, it's just awesome to hear these students and to hear, I mean, as a youth worker, youth pastor, to see them and to hear their, their stories and what they learn from God is such a huge blessing. Um, something that we, that we heard time and time again at camp was the question, is Jesus worth it? And Jesus made, you know, he made it very clear that it's not going to be easy, that there's difficult parts of it. In John 15, he talks about the world is going to hate you. And so the camp made it very clear to our students that is Jesus worth it? I mean, you have to count the cost as Jesus tells us to count the cost. In John chapter 6, there's a story of, of Jesus and he's saying some hard things. And there were people who were following him and they walked away. And Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and he basically asks them the same question. He says, are you, are you going to walk away? And Simon Peter, as the spokesman for the disciples, he says this. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So for others, they couldn't handle it. The cost was too high, and they walked away. That Jesus was not worth it to them, but to Peter, to the disciples, Jesus was worth it that he has the words of eternal life, and where else are they going to find that? Is it difficult? Yes. But Peter answered that Jesus is totally worth it. And we have to make that decision for ourselves. Is Jesus worth it? But before we answer that question, Jesus answered the question, are you worth it? And he said yes, that you were worth it, that he came to earth that he sacrificed his life, that he died on a cross, that he poured out everything, he gave everything for us. So when the question is, was we worth it to Jesus? He said, absolutely yes. And so when he's asking us to give everything back to him, is he worth it? Remember the cross, remember what he did for us, that he thought we were worth it. And so we say that he's worth it by giving everything to him. And we make that decision every day. Every choice we make, we are saying, yes, Jesus, you are worth it, or you are not. What, what decisions you make at school, with your family, in your community, at your job, in your just alone time, every decision you make, you're saying Jesus is either worth it or he is not. But remember that he gave everything to us. And so he is worth it. And may our de lives declare every day that he is worth it. Good morning, church. We are so excited that you're here. Let's bow together and pray. 
Dear Lord, thank you for this amazing day that you've given us to gather together in fellowship and um, just talk about you and honor you in everything that we do. I pray that as we go out from um, church today that we would just um, honor you with our actions, that we would continue to make you the forefront of our mind and the forefront of our conversations. Um, God, I thank you for these amazing um, opportunities the youth have had this last summer to go to amazing camps and learn about you and invest in different relationships and just uh, praise you. God, I pray that those seeds that were planted would continue to grow and that um, all these youth would continue to um, carry what they've learned into their school, into their friend groups, and continue to talk about you and um, reflect on their experiences that they had and not forget that you were right there beside them the whole time, God. Um, I pray that as we go um, into our school and our workplaces and our friend groups that you would continue to um, be with us and that you would continue to encourage us and keep us confident um, for all the kids that are moving away to school and college or just going back into their old um, daily routine I pray that you would just continue to be there and that they would find confidence in you and that they would step out step out in faith and just honor you with their actions God I pray for Shelly Venema and Pastor John and their family as they go into um, a difficult time I pray that you would uh, be with them give them comfort and peace and um, I pray that you would be with the surgeons and the doctors um, this week as they um, do surgery give them um, discernment and wisdom and um, confidence and that you just continue to give them peace and bless them. God, I pray for all the sick and hurting that are in our church, whether it's emotionally, physically, or uh, spiritually, that you would continue to comfort them and be with them and let them know that you are right there, God, that all we need to do is ask and you will be there to comfort us, God. Um, as we give our tithes and offerings this morning, I pray that we do it with glad hearts, for we know this is something that you have called us to do and that we would do it um, happily and joyfully and that we know that you will use this um, Use what we give to further your kingdom and to um, grow more, grow more seeds, and just grow more um, believers in you. Um, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Morning, church. My name is Blake Pacheco, and today I get to talk to you about Satellite Ministries. Satellite is our college and career age group. I started attending Satellite earlier than my peers because during what should have been my senior year of high school, I chose to take all my classes at COS. This allowed me to attend COS and high school ministries at the same time. Every Thursday night, the satellite group meets here at this campus at 6.15, and we get to enjoy a home-cooked meal, worship, hear a sermon, then eat dessert while hanging out together. Corey Ogborn is the pastor of Satellite, and it, one thing that I really appreciate about him is that his sermons are super easy to understand. I feel confident inviting young adults I've met at COS to come to Satellite because I know they will be welcomed and hear the gospel message in a simple form. At first I thought Thursday night was an odd time to me, but I've grown to really appreciate the timing. Sunday, um, for me personally, I'm filled up with Christ. Um, my mind is refocused on Christ and my thought process continues this way through Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. By Thursday, it starts to get a little bit shaky and sometimes my thought process is not on God, Rather, it's on um, things of this world, other problems, just anything, work, homework. And so Satellite is just a really great faith, uh, place to refocus during the middle of the week. This summer, I had the privilege of going to Ski Wake and Surf, which is our summer camp up at the Delta. Corey and Christine DeHaan were the camp speakers, and they gave a sermon every morning and every night. In between the sermons, we had a whole day of being on the Delta, the mazes, the Woods, the Josephs, the Douglases, and the Knowles, and the DeHans all drove their boats, and we got to take turns wakeboarding and tubing. 
All the leaders on this trip are great people, and I was able to have beneficial conversations with some of them and receive wise instruction back. The sermon that impacted me the most on this trip was given by Christine. She talked about sin one night, and it really opened my eyes and helped me to realize that thinking about a sin I'm being tempted by is the first step towards sinning. She helped me realize that our thoughts lead to actions, and actions are sin. So we need to take that thought. Anytime we have a temptation, we need to take that thought and control it. And if it's not a thought or not, if it's going to lead to an action that will not lead to something God would approve of, we need to get rid of it. So the verse she used to back this up was 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, which says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I would like to encourage all of you who, to invite any young adults you know need Christ and community to come to Satellite. It's a great community in which young adults will be given ample opportunity to hear about Christ. And finally, I would at, like, also like to thank those who were involved in Satellite's camp. Whether you were cooking, setting up, tearing down, or just praying for us at Satellite, Satellite was a su success because of you, and it's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Blake. Great job. Biola is blessed. You will be heading there soon and they are getting a fine young man. Uh, church is kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? When you left your house this morning, you didn't even think about probably where you were going or what was going to happen. You just drove here. You didn't have to punch into your GPS, 424 North Lover's Lane, and hope that it got you here at the end. You just showed up. Um, church is an interesting thing, but this is just a building. This is just a place. Uh, when you think about 424, that's just geography. But when you get here and you see the faces and smiles of these young people behind you and you get to hear a little of their stories and you realize how many people are represented here on this stage from parents to mentors to grandparents to aunts and uncles and people who have invested in their life, you realize that church is an entirely different thing than geography. And it is a blessing to be together. You may have come for a message this morning and be thinking, um, I really wish Pastor John or Pastor Jared would be delivering a message this morning. And um, so I'm here. I'm just going to enjoy the students. I would submit to you that Trent is the message this morning. His life, uh, the, the things that he shared with you, everything going on behind the scenes that you don't see in preparation for this, that is the message of Christ. And Calista, who doesn't love her? I mean, she's small, but boy, she is a force to be reckoned with in this world. God is going to use her for sure. Um, satellite, there are two things in Satellite we talk about a lot. One is to the greater body of Satellite. The other is to the lead leadership in Satellite. The first thing is community, and I tell them often, community is just common unity. It's just being together. Uh, the best gift you can give somebody isn't a present, it is presence. And being together like this morning on Thursday nights, on Wednesday nights, in small groups and big groups, it is a blessing. And so we talk a lot about community and the importance of community. We also talk about in leadership, we talk about momentum and how to capitalize on momentum and keep things moving forward. Momentum's important. Um, the best way for those two things to come together is to be present to be in community consistently. If the church doors are open, be there. Try to be involved. Try to bless those people around you. Uh, you may ask yourself, Corey, can you back that up with scripture? Is there a place in scripture where you see community and momentum coming together? 
My answer to you is yes, there is. Thank you for asking. Uh, We can look at Acts, Acts 1. The ascension has happened. Jesus has returned to heaven. They are waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. And what happens? Chapter 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. They traveled together. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They traveled together. They spent time praying together in community as they kept the momentum going from Jesus' ministry and life until the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. That's what we should be doing each Sunday, keeping, keeping that momentum, meeting together in community. Good morning. My name is Chrissy Hetherington, and I'm a junior at Redwood High School. A few weeks ago, I was able to go to my third beach camp with Grace Community High School Ministry. It was one of those weeks you go into with an open heart and mind and come back so fulfilled and ready to take on the world. I learned so much more than I could ever imagine in just a matter of days. I learned I'm not as good as washers as I thought I could be in just learning in one day. I learned that Stephen will eat any and everything, even if it's bird fed to him, including raw fish. I learned that there's actually more mountains out there than just Mount Everest, including Mount Kilimanjaro. But more importantly, I was challenged to take the next step in my faith and gain more confidence through the adults and students in youth group. One of my favorite stories and lessons I received during the week was Stephen Elliott's message on Wednesday morning about the Great Commission. It really spoke to my heart and brought me back to our final message in Mission to Mexico also. Both times he shared about generations and the fact that any generation could be the last to share the gospel. The word of God could just die after all these years if we don't pass on the baton. He challenged us with questions on why exactly we are here at camp and what we will do with the gospel during our short life here on earth when we return back home. It really intimidated me in a good way, though. It inspired me to be more purposeful with who God continues to lay on my heart every day and apply the lessons I received during this mountaintop experience to all aspects of my life. On Wednesday night, the speaker touched on the topic of temptation. It was a pivotal point in the week as I felt like he brought new facts into my life about how tricky Satan really is, how he knows our weaknesses and even knows scripture in which he twists to abide to him and not what the Lord was trying to say. The speaker said, the devil only offers things that aren't his to give. Temptation only shows us the best of what sin can offer. Satan works, in, Satan works to give us temporary satisfaction. Then when we realize we sin and feel that guilt overcome us, he turns around, sh- shames us, and shoves the consequences in our faces. But every time, God still offers his grace when we repent. He also mentioned that Satan loves to tempt us after these mountaintop experiences that I felt at beach camp. I have to admit, it was scary coming back home because I was scared of where I could go wrong next and how badly I would mess up. But during the week at camp, my girl group and I shared how we felt our biggest temptations were back home, and we each made a plan and goal to be stronger than the problem. We knew we couldn't do it alone. No one can face temptation alone. We prayed over it, gave it over to God, and have allowed him to lead us since. It grew us closer together, and the fact that we all have our own struggles, we are able to admit to those and... We are able to admit to those and take advantage of the beauty of grow groups, holding each other accountable towards Christ. 
As I've started my first two days of the second half of high school, I've remained open to what God has planned for me, and I'm very excited to see how God decides to use me. Now being an upperclassman, it has challenged me to be more intentional with who I talk to and how I represent Christ with my words, actions, and my thoughts. To close, I want to read Psalm 37.4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This verse encourages me to be more purposeful on my campus and to pray for opportunities to represent Christ, knowing he will provide these and so much more for me. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Jacob Patton, and I'm a junior at Golden West High School. This year, I had the opportunity to go to my third beach camp with this church. This year, the theme for beach camp was a said, with the theme verse being Mark 3.13. When asked about my favorite highlight for beach camp, I'd have to say the time we spent in our tent at night. My girl group started a trend for the week of having guest speakers for every night of the week. At first, we took it as a joke, and maybe some of the staff did too, thinking it was just a ploy to delay bedtime. But then we started to ask questions that were on the more serious side. Once we started asking these more serious questions, we started to treat it more seriously. Shortly after, we started to publicize that we were having guest speakers in our tent, which was tent number two. One night, some of the other boys gathered around the tent to hear the staff talk about their lives and any other questions that they had. By the end of the week, some of our discussions lasted over two hours. It was just amazing, it was just amazing to see something that was meant as a joke ending up being used for God's glory and to teach us more about him. During one of the nightly lessons, we talked about the story where Jesus feeds 4,000. When the speaker got done reading, he went through and explained that story. Jesus had his disciples hand out the food to the 4,000, which is talking about the Great Great Commission. In this, our speaker said that you can't be a Christian if you're on the sidelines playing your own game. This means that we are called out to go and fulfill the Great Commission. This has inspired me to be more of a light out in the world, but more specifically, on my own campus and on my sports teams. This has changed me since coming back from beach camp. One of these would be how I, how I act around others. People will notice a difference in you and wonder what makes you different from everyone else. Another thing that stuck out to me this, this week was Matthew 5, 3 through, 3 through 12, or the Beatitudes. These are the attitudes and behaviors that God would like us to see in us, and they go very contrary to the standards of society. They make us stand out as Christ followers in the world we live in. We are called to exemplify all eight and not just pick and choose which ones we want. If there's something to take away from what God taught me is that he takes ordinary people and uses them. One quote that I heard from Beach Camp is that God does not call the qualified, but qualifies the, call, the called. One verse I'd like to leave you with is our, is our theme verse, Mark 3.13. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Thank you. Good morning, church. I love this Sunday. I always love this service. I always walk away a little more inspired and encouraged. Um, I don't know about you, but when I hear a junior hire say, and this is, Trent said this, we have to give everything to Jesus and go and make disciples, whatever the cost. Or when Calista said, when you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit, stand up, get out there and get over it. Doesn't matter if people think you're weird, you need to live a life worthy of the calling. I don't know about you, when, when I hear something like that, that gives me hope. That gives me encouragement for this next generation as they carry the gospel on to, the, to their world around them. That, uh, that is ex- exciting, encouraging, and inspiring. I see them, and I want, to, I want to follow Jesus the way they follow Jesus. 
Well, Beach Camp this year, our, our theme was Ascend, and it was a, uh, a mountaineering theme where we took a kind of a fun look at mountains and, um, you know, the Himalayas and, yes, other mountains like Mount Kilimanjaro uh, and other, other things, you know, all those kind of mountaineering things. And, but we looked at not just, not just that, but we looked at Jesus' teaching and ministry on the mountains. As I started looking into this more and more, I realized that this was actually a kind of a common practice of Jesus. Um, the, the verse that Jacob read was our theme verse, Mark three thirteen. It says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those who, whom he desired, and they came to him. And that's the, that's the first time that Jesus went up on a mountain and called his disciples to him. This is, the, this is when he actually called and officially established uh, his 12 closest followers, his 12 disciples. Um, and and I, like I said, this isn't the only time that this happens. This is kind of a common thing that Jesus did. And he would frequently take his disciples away, um, not just to mountains, but many times up to the mountains. And it was, it was kind of a retreat. And he would, he would take them out of their world, out of their environment, out of their daily, day-to-day ministry, helping people, caring for people, healing people, feeding people. Um, and he would take them away to a secluded place and he would pour into them. He would invest in their lives. Uh, he, would, he would give them rest. Um, and he would teach them intentionally and deliberately about what it meant and what it looked like to be his followers. He did this to, to get them out of, their, out of their routine and to get them away from their distractions and away from just, the, um, just, just all the things that everyday life brings, all the distractions that everyday life brings. But this isn't unique to Jesus. This isn't unique to just what he would do. You see, this is the the very heart of what camps and camping ministry is all about. Um, Yes, is there fun, crazy, hilarious things that go on in camps? Yes, absolutely. I watch these videos, and I don't know about you, but like these things that students go through and like getting, you know, flung up in the air and splattered or like colliding with one another. As a kid, you're just like, oh, that was so much fun. You just brushed off as an adult. Like, think, oh, God, oh, I would have to take some Tylenol after that. Like, no, thank you. Like, for me, free rec time is like, ah, I get to sit and relax and read a book. You know, not, not these kids. They go, they go and don't stop. Uh, I mean, so yes, that is a, that is a huge huge part of what camp is all about and the, the memories that are, that are made and relationships that are built and, and all of those things. But at the, at the very heart of it, camps are all about doing the very same thing that Jesus did with his disciples 2,000 years ago, pulling them away, away from their distractions to pour into them because there's something that happens when they are in that setting where their ears are just open and their eyes are open and they're listening. I mean, you, you, you heard what Jacob was saying is that, you know, if what started out as a joke early on in the week um, really became something serious and they were asking serious questions. They wanted to learn from the adult mentors that were at camp because their eyes were open. They were, they were thirsty. They were hungry for God's word. They wanted to learn. They wanted to, to listen and learn from a, a, from a follower of Jesus that had been just walking a few steps ahead of them. Um, and so that, that's what these camps at their very heart are all about. And so two things. Well, number one, I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for making these camps possible. Uh, because if, if you aren't giving, a lot of these camps just aren't affordable for a lot of these students. Um, if you aren't volunteering, we don't have the, the people to staff these camps. If you are not giving up a week of your 
vacation to go and serve at anything that is anything but vacation, uh, where a lot of you are working like 18 hour week, 18 hour days easily. No, no exaggeration to that. Um, and and like pouring into these kids. If you're not sending your students to these camps, they just they just don't happen. Um, so thank you, church, for making these camps possible uh, because you can see the effect of what it does. Um, and it's not just it's not just these one these one weeks, but these weeks springboard these students into a, into a life of ministry that takes them throughout the year. And so number one, I want to say thank you. And number two, I want to encourage you as well, because this, this idea of intentionally taking time away to hear from Jesus, uh, that is a core part of discipleship. We see, again, as I said, we see that example all throughout the gospels where Jesus was intentionally doing that with his disciples. It wasn't just one time that he took them away. It was multiple times. And so we see that it is a critical part of discipleship, but not just discipleship for these students, not just for people who are young in their faith, but it is for, for everyone who is in that course of discipleship. Robbie Galati said this. He said, discipleship isn't a course you take. It's the course of your life. And, and church, I, I encourage all of us to remember that, that we are in this lifelong journey of following Jesus. And so my encouragement for all of us is that we need to be deliberate in our relationship with Jesus. Just like these students scheduled time to re retreat, to get away, to hear from Jesus intentionally, we need to do that as well. As you sit down and as you look at your calendars, as you schedule vacations and sports and activities and everything else, do not forget the importance and the priority of your own personal relationship with Jesus. Do not overlook the importance of scheduling time to retreat, to get away, to be with him. Whatever your mountain is, wherever that is, I encourage you to go there from time to time with eyes and ears open to hear and to learn from Jesus um, and to walk with him. Church, thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for being a part of this worship service. Again, thank you for everything that you did to make camp possible. Now let's go and do this very same thing that these students are doing. Let's go and make an impact on the world around us. Uh, would you stand with me? And let's close in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Gracious Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the privilege the opportunity, the, the privilege, the opportunity that we have to, to come here and to worship you together. Thank you for your word as it's opened as, and as it speaks, as it speaks in the in and through all of these students. Uh, God, would you be at work in us? Would, would we not forget the things that were said this morning, but it, would it change our week? Would we go through this week um, more deliberately looking for opportunities to be your lights in this world around us, uh, to be your ambassadors. God, we give you all the praise, all the glory this morning. Thank you for the privilege that it is to be your bride, the church. Uh, and we thank you for this church, and we pray that we would bring you glory. We pray it in your name. Amen. God bless you, church. You're dismissed this morning.